Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. We've got big breaking Dodgers news. Clayton Kershaw has underwent shoulder surgery. Will he be back in Dodger blue? And the Dodgers do not pick up Lance Lynn's $18 million club option. All that more coming up on another episode of Dodgers Dugout. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. My friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel for all of this Dodgers news and rumors all year long. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comments section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day. What is your reaction to the new that Clayton Kershaw has underwent shoulder surgery. Do you expect him to be back with the Dodgers? Do you think he'll pitch again? Let me know down below. And also, your reaction to the Dodgers not picking up Lance Lynn's $18 million club option. Should they bring him back on a cheaper deal? Let me know down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So we've got two huge Dodgers stories to get into. We'll talk about Lance Lynn, the Dodgers' decision to decline his $18 million club option. They could bring him back on a cheaper deal. We'll get to that in just a second. But the biggest Dodgers story of the day is that Clayton Kershaw has underwent shoulder surgery and expects to pitch again at some point next summer. Kersh posted on his IG, This morning I underwent a surgical procedure to repair the glenohumeral ligaments and capsule of my left shoulder. I am thankful for the expertise of Dr. Elitrach who performed the surgery. I am hopeful to return to play at some point next summer. Thanks for your prayers. So, so much to unpack here. Let's rewind a little bit and talk about when this injury originated. Now, it was a start against the Colorado Rockies. He was performing well. He leaves the start early, and then he missed six weeks on the injured list in July and August with what the Dodgers were referring to as shoulder inflammation. Now, when he returned off the IL, if you look at the ERA, it was definitely impressive. A 223 ERA at eight regular season starts, but there's some caveats here. One, he was going on extended rest. Two, the Dodgers weren't pushing him very much. They were handling him with care and then if you look under the hood you take a deeper dive into some of his numbers if you look at the FIP he posed a 540 FIP if you look at his expected numbers they were high the strikeout rate was down the velocity was down the command was diminished it just did not look like the Clayton Kershaw that we saw before the injury in the first half of the season when he was putting together another really solid season where people were talking about him as a possible Cy Young Award contender where he was possibly in the mix to start start his second consecutive all-star team. And then you fast forward to the NLDS. He starts game one and has the worst start of his professional career. He only was able to record one out. He gave up six runs. It was the first time in postseason history that a starting pitcher had allowed a hit to the first five batters that he had faced. He just did not look like himself. He was a shell of himself out there. He probably wasn't even close to 100%. And the first question I have is knowing all of this, why did the Dodgers give him the ball in 
in game one. I know we're way past that. The season's over at this point, but still it reaffirms my point that it should have been Bobby Miller in game one because with Curse going out there, having a bad start, it put the wheels in motion for a terrible series. You put a lot of pressure on Bobby Miller in game two to try to save the Dodgers season. He wasn't able to come through. He had a rocky start himself and then the Dodgers got swept. So he just wasn't ready to pitch. The second big question I have is why didn't we get this surgery earlier? Now, it's always the player's decision. The organization can't force Clayton Kershaw to get surgery, but something tells me that the right decision based on the way this team was constructed, based on the fact that Lance Lynn was going to be your Game 3 starter, really there wasn't a world out there where this Dodgers team had the requisite pitching to win the World Series. So it almost makes you wonder, should have Clayton Kershaw have gone under the knife sooner. That way he would have made it back sooner. Now, the counterpoint to that is maybe this is the plan with Kirsch and the organization, knowing that, okay, you tried to make a run at it. You tried to give it your all. We respect you for doing that. We know you're a warrior. Now you get the surgery, and then you'll be back at some point late in the summertime, and you'll have enough gas left in the tank to make a deep postseason run and actually contribute to this team. So that would be the ideal case. And then along that ride, you get those 56 strikeouts, and you join the 3,000 club. Now, I definitely think that has to be a factor here. I don't care what anyone says, whether it be Clayton Kershaw or the organization, you have to believe that Clayton Kershaw wants to make a run at history and get those 56 strikeouts and join that exclusive club. There's only 19 members of the 3,000 strikeout club, and Kershaw would be just the fourth left-handed pitcher. So just for that alone, I hope he comes back and finds a way to get those 56 punch outs to join that exclusive club. Not a lot of pitchers are sitting at that table and I would love to see Kirsch join that group. Now another thing to consider is you would have to assume that Kirsch does not want to go out the way he did where the final start of his professional career was also the worst start of his professional career. This is a guy who has a ton of pride. A three-time Cy Young Award winner. An MVP. A World Series champion. A first ballot Hall of Famer. There is going to be a big Clayton Kershaw statue right next to Koufax and Jackie Robinson one day. Does he really want his last memory on that mount at Dodger Stadium being a star where he goes a third of an inning and gives up six runs? I think the answer to that is no. Now, it's not always pretty for starting pitchers. They don't always get to ride off into the sunset. I was talking to my good friend, Mr. Tim Rogers, about this. And look, the reality is, is it doesn't always end pretty. Just look at Nolan Ryan and how his career ended. Nolan Ryan, one of the legends of the game, the all-time strikeouts leader. His last start, he went zero Zero innings of work, gave up five runs, had four walks, gave up a home run, and didn't even record an out. So it's not always pretty. No one's going to remember him for that. I think that as time passes, no one would remember Curse for his final start against the Diamondbacks in the NLDS, especially when you consider the fact that he wasn't anywhere near 100%. But I just think as a player, Curse wants to come back, give it one more shot, find a way to get those 56 strikeouts and make another run at a World Series ring and try to go out on top. Now, some other questions I think that are very interesting is what kind of contract does he get? Because look, you give him $10 million, you give him $15 million, what kind of contract do you offer him? Andrew Freeman has been very transparent about the fact that they want Clayton Kershaw back. As long as he's able to pitch, they want him in Dodger Blue. Last year, they didn't extend that qualifying offer so as to give him enough time to make his decision. He made that decision 
quickly and it wasn't an issue, right? This time around, he has the surgery, but does he want to commit to a team early on in the process? My gut tells me that he most likely would because he wants to be under their care. He wants to have a process going, and I just don't anticipate him going to the Texas Rangers at this point. They just won a World Series, right? How many times do you see teams go back-to-back? It's very rare. It doesn't happen, right? So would that make the most sense for Clayton Kershaw? Probably not. If he wants to be close to home and rehab the entire year, be near his family, then you can make the case for that. So there are pros and cons to it, but I just feel like he has some unfinished business with the Dodgers. We have to give him his roses, give him an opportunity to let him know how much he means to this fan base and this organization. And I think really the number one question now is, how does he attack that rehab? How well does he respond? Is he going to be confident in his stuff and how quickly can he get it back? Because I think if he realizes he can still go out there and be effective and give it a go, he's going to want to pitch again. Now, it remains to be seen how well his body responds. He's never underwent a surgery like this, so really only time will tell. And shoulder injuries are always tricky. Just ask Julio Urias. Look how long it took him to get back. Just ask Blake Trinan, who's been struggling to get back on the mound with any consistency. That capsule shoulder situation, it can be very tricky. So, only time will tell, but he has been a really good pitcher, even with the diminished velocity in recent years. You look at last season, still post a 3-7 war, had a 2.46 ERA. If you look at since 2018, he's still averaging 25 starts, a sub-3 ERA. He's still putting up impressive numbers. I just think at this stage of his career, he's going to go nowhere near 100 innings. You have to absolutely handle him with kid gloves moving forward. You can't expect him to be the guy, and I think in some ways this could be seen as a positive in the sense that it brings clarity to the Dodgers starting rotation. You know exactly what you need right now in free agency and via trade. Now, this intensifies the need for starting pitching. Even if Clayton Kershaw were to return, you would have a big need for starting pitching. Now you need it more than ever. Now you really need to go out there and sign three possible starting pitchers. Go after them via trade. Whether it be a Yamamoto, a Blake Snell, a Aaron Nola, A. Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, some of the lesser tier ones, a Hyunjin Ryu, a Lucas Giolito, a Jack Flaherty maybe as a reclamation project, a Kenta Maeda. They are going to have to add some starting pitching. I think you have to also hit the trade market, whether it be a Corbin Burns, a Dylan Cease, a Tyre Glass now, a Mitch Keller. They're going to be names available. I just think the most important thing is that you solidify this rotation in the offseason. You do not want to wait until the trade deadline. You don't want to wait to see if if Clayton Kershaw can come back and be a contributor if you do sign him and he wants to pitch for this organization. Those are all ifs. The reality right now, Clayton Kershaw is not a Dodger. The reality right now is we don't know where he wants to pitch next season, mind you. And then also, do you want to rely on Walker Buehler, who is going to be on a little bit of a pitch count? It's going to be a little limited, presumably, at the very start. And is he going to be a number one when he returns? Or is he more of a solid two or an extremely high three? Will you get Dustin May? Will he be able to provide? Will 
Bobby Miller take the next step and emerge? Will Ryan Pepio continue to improve? Will you get anything from Gavin Stone, Emmett Sheehan, Michael Grove, Kyle Hurts, some of these other guys? And will you use them as trade chips for some of these big names that could be available? The Dylan Ceases, the Corbin Burns, the Mitch Keller. So, so many questions to answer this offseason. You're going to see a completely rebuilt and revamped starting rotation. Just look at this rotation from last year. Julio Urias, gone. Domestic violence charges. He'll never be a Dodger. Clayton Kershaw could be gone. Tony Gonsolin, Tommy John surgery, out. Noah Syndergaard, he was an absolute bust. Thor was a thud. So, so many things went wrong for the starting rotation this year. Essentially, the best thing that happened was they were able to fast-track Bobby Miller's growth, but right now, really, it's just going to come down to, is Clayton Kershaw going to find a way to get back healthy? Is this a situation where you're just posting this so you can maybe give yourself a little bit of hope and there's not a high likelihood that you're going to return, but he's still young. He's still a younger guy. It's not like he's in his 40s or anything like that. And I think if he wants to make one more run at this thing, you can come back from this injury. And typically, you're looking at an injury recovery time of four to six months. So will give him eight to ten months, potentially. Give him a few months for the postseason. He's pretty much a part-time player at this point. Like I said, I need those 56 strikeouts. So I don't know if he wants to learn to pitch with his right hand or something like that. But find a way to get those 3,000 punchies. I just want to see him back selfishly to try to complete his legacy. But the good part about this is moving forward, this organization is not going to rely on Clayton Kershaw ever again. That's a fact. You're not going to rely on Kersh. You're not giving the ball in game one. You're not giving him the ball in game two. If Kersh is pitching game one or game two for the Dodgers next year, you know things went incredibly wrong from an injury standpoint, from an acquisition standpoint. So it'll be very telling to see who they stock this rotation with. And look, I just think for the man, the player, the competitor, I would love to see him back in Dodger blue. But if he doesn't ever pitch for this franchise again, he has nothing else to prove. He is a made man. There will be a statue of Clayton Kershaw. And yeah, you give him a lot of credit for going out there and pitching in the state that he was in. And he's a warrior. And should he have been on the mound? That's a debate for another show. Did the Dodgers really do their best with injuries this season? I think the answer is unequivocally no. And it definitely makes you kind of question where they're at with that. But look, I probably would guess that Kirsch went to the organization. They were in lockstep. They told him that it wasn't going to get any worse and you try to manage it. And the only way to truly get back to 100% was through surgery. I said that on this show a couple months, if you're being completely honest here. So it'll be very interesting to see. But whatever the case be, get well soon, Clayton Kershaw. Attack this rehab, crush this rehab. And we want to see you back on the mound at Dodger Stadium at some point next summer, like you said in your post. Of course, you didn't talk about the Dodgers, but you did say you want to pitch again. So let's hope that's in Dodger Blue. So I'm not going to sit here and give Clayton Kershaw's eulogy or talk about retirement. The main things that we need to know one, he got the surgery. Two, he clearly wants to give another run at this. Three, we don't know if it's with the Dodgers. And four, hopefully he can get back healthy and at the very least just make another run at this thing because he's a legend and he owes it to himself if he wants to. He's really earned the right at this stage of his legendary career. Now, the next big story today is that the Dodgers declined Lance Lynn's $18 million club option. They'll not have to pay him a $1 million buyout. He'll enter free agency. And the Dodgers, they just decided 
against having him back on an $18 million salary. I don't know if I'd give him $18 to come back considering he gave up 44 home runs last year. Oh, wait a second. It's now 45. He just gave up another home run. And yeah, that's where I look. His stuff is not great. At this stage of his career, what he can provide is he can eat innings. He's someone that can give you north of 170 innings pitched. There are going to be teams out there that will kick the tires on Lance Lynn. He will be on a team next year. Look, there's a world where he can get more than $18 million on a multi-year deal, maybe something in the $20 million range, because we've seen that teams will give pitchers that kind of money because, look, they're not growing on trees. It's a premium position. Just look at what Zach Granke got. He got $13 million from the Royals in 2022, got $8.5 million in 2023. Corey Kluber got $10 million from the Red Sox before the 2023 season. Rich Hill got an $8 million deal in 2023 at the age of 43. So, yeah, Lance Lynn isn't great. There were some stretches there when he first was traded that everyone thought that that was the trade of the deadline, the steal, because he was pitching well, but he saw the competition. It was against the A's, it was against the Rockies, and then he started to see some regression to the mean, and that's what we're calling the Lance Lindergaard era. We want to kind of forget that. Now, they could possibly bring him back on a cheaper deal, and with the news of Clayton Kershaw, maybe you do it at the right price. Me, personally, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to see Lance Lynn letting dingers get over the wall at a very high rate. It just wasn't a fun experience. I mean, you just look at game three, gives up four home runs in one inning, set the postseason record. I just don't love that. And look, I don't think that it's a good idea. I wouldn't do that if I were the Dodgers. Look, I'm not trying to win the World Series of Poker, the Little League World Series. I'm trying to win the World Series. And I just don't want to see Lance Lynn back in Dodger blue. And I don't even think he's one of these change of scenery candidates. I just think that he's someone that struggles with command. Velocity's been down a little bit. And really the strikeout rate plummeted with the Dodgers. I mean, I was an advocate for the trade of Lance Lynn based on what they had to give up, which wasn't very much. You also got a Joe Kelly in the deal, but the strikeout rate, the FIP, the swing and miss, it was up with the Chicago White Sox. When he joined the Dodgers, he was effective for a stretch there, but you saw that strikeout rate dip under 20%, had a 17% strikeout rate. So that just was not going to get it done. $18 million is a drop in the bucket for a team like the Dodgers. That's a lunch date at Nobu for this franchise. Not a big deal, but I just think that moving forward, you either, one, want to get younger, or two, want to bring in guys that you don't have to worry about those home runs because that can flip a series. He does provide value. Like I said, he's a Pac-Man pitcher. He just eats innings, and that definitely gives you something. But if you're him, do you really want to go back to this Dodgers team? You're kind of in the lore of the franchise as someone who gave all those dingers in game three when you got swept in that series against the Diamondbacks. So I just don't anticipate the organization seriously considering bringing him back. And I think that there will be some offers out there for him that will surprise you. And I think he's going to sign one of those offers. I don't think it will be for LA, but uh, yeah, I mean, for the Dodgers, you look at what they got to do now. It's all about starting pitching. I mean, you just look at this rotation next year. We talked about earlier, Walker Buehler come back from Tommy John surgery, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Ryan Pepio, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove. You also have Ryan Yarbrough, who is a non-tender candidate. That's a possibility as well. I would not rule that out, especially when you consider the 40-man roster crunch. And 
yeah, it's a very, very interesting time to be a Dodger fan. I mean, this is an organization that has the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball since the franchise relocated to Los Angeles in 1958. So this is an organization that has been built on starting pitching. Well, right now, they have to fill that rotation. Lots of young talent, lots of question marks, guys coming back from injuries, but you got to go out there, hit the trade market, hit the free agency market, or this team won't stand a chance next season. Even if you sign Shohei Otani, Otani can't pitch next year. He'll be able to pitch in 2025, but even then, he'll be a second Tommy John guy. So it's up to the organization at this point. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. This is the most important offseason in Dodgers history. Yes, I said it. In the Andrew Friedman, Dodgers era, even before then, this is the offseason where you say, are we going to be the Atlanta Braves or are we going to be a dynastic team, a team that wins multiple World Series, right? They have to decide how aggressive they're going to be. And this offseason, you can't cheap out. You can't lowball guys. You get what you pay for, and that is going to be the case this offseason. They want Shohei Otani. You got to back up an entire fleet of Brinks trucks, not just one or two, right? So I'm confident that this organization realizes that they have to spend big. You have to make big moves because we're tired of these disappointing exits. It's happened too long, back-to-back disappointing exits after an 111-win season you win one game you lose the Padres this year 100 win season you don't win any games that's unacceptable when you consider the resources of this franchise and look this franchise they've been doing less with more than any franchise in Major League Baseball right now and that needs to change this off season so I'm happy they didn't re-sign Lance Lynn J.P. Hornstra the Dodgers insider great guy absolutely incredible guest he kind of hinted at the possibility of them thinking about it It's interesting to see how deep into conversations they were because, yeah, he just wasn't very effective with his team. Getting older, closer to 40, I just didn't see it as a possibility. Yesterday on the show, I told you between 10 and 15% that they would bring him back in. It was probably closer to 0%, but this organization is one that's always going to consider all angles. They're not going to make a decision in haste, and I'm sure they at least considered it because it was only for one year. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you have not yet, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. We're doing giveaways all off-season long, up-to-the-minute news and rumors, live streams, breakdowns, interviews. You are not going to want to miss a thing about your Dodgers, and you're going to find it here every single day, every single day here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel on Dodgers Dugout and Dodgers Dugout Live. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.